everybody. Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. Uh, if it's uh, not, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, like I always say, you know, if you if you want to rate the podcast, please do. If you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple, Apple Podcasts, however you do it. If you're on YouTube, hit that bell. If you're watching, you know, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you know when we're when we're releasing new uh, new videos every week. And um, yeah, you know, we always like to say, please tell a friend because if you tell one friend, all of a sudden we can double the podcast overnight. So please spread the word. Let everyone know you listen to the podcast and know you're out there. Um, obviously, and thank you so much. And you're the you're the ones that uh, that are sustaining me and continuing. Uh, Continuing us keeping on the show. So, <clears throat> without further ado, let's get into the episode. I've been waiting to do this episode for a long time. It's finally come to fruition because I finally finished watching the series, or sorry, <clears throat> the the third season of the series. Season isn't or the series isn't completely over, but it's all about the HBO series Succession. If you've never seen it, please watch it. Obviously, there's going to be spoilers ahead. Uh, show's been out for a little bit, so go check it out. If you haven't watched it, you'd probably go and watch it now. Go binge it. It's very binge-worthy. It's amazing. You know, there's lots of people in my life been telling me uh, telling me to watch it, and, you know, I finally got around to it. And it's one of those shows where uh, each episode's about an hour, and <clears throat> they're dense and intricate well-written, funny, sad, dramatic, just amazing episodes that you kind of, it's its as binge-worthy as it is, sometimes you kind of got to take a break every once in a while. So that's why it's kind of taken me a while to do this. And, you know, I didn't want to <clears throat> jump into the, to do this, do this episode until I finished, you know, the series. Like I said, there's three seasons so far. They are, they are going to be making a fourth season, um, which is awesome. And... It's a really interesting show in the fact that it's kind of really breaches or like, I don't know. It, it, it definitely bridges that gap between um, comedy and drama. It's it's technically it's technically uh, categorized as a drama. So Succession is an American comedy drama TV series created by Jesse Armstrong. So he also created Peep Show, which is a, is a really cool uh, British show. It's a, a British comedy show. But again, it's that comedy drama aspect of things. And I feel like with these shows that have have that kind of, you know, you're not really sure what category to put it in per se. I think those shows can come across as so real because that's what life is. Life has is a, is a mixture of comedy and tragedy. You know, it's like uh, it's like in. Um, uh, Stranger Than Fiction, which is one of my favorite movies, Will Ferrell's character uh, doesn't know if he's in a comedic story or a tragic story, and he goes and consults an author, and the author says, well, keep a tally in your life of things that happen. If they're funny, if more things that are funny than tragic, you're in a comedy, and vice versa. So obviously, everyone has different lives, and we all have different balances of those of those two things. So I feel like shows that really show that comedy and drama... Um, tend to have a real feeling to hit home in a certain way. Maybe there's nostalgia there, as we've talked about. But I think, again, you know, it's like life where where you really get that feeling of, you know, there's 
funny and then there's sad and there's intense and there's anger and every emotion on the spectrum is portrayed in the show and, and you can really see it. Um, so a little bit about the show it premiered on January, or sorry, on June 3rd, 2018 on HBO. So just, uh, just kind of, uh, pre pandemic. I had never really heard of it kind of till the pandemic. Maybe, uh, maybe that was one of the, the big, huge, uh, boosts for the show. I mean, HBO has HBO max and different streaming services, but they're on crave. That's how I've been watching the show. And, um, you know, I think people were getting into Sopranos and then, you know, that pushed them into the next, you know, people got into um, Yellowstone. And then it just kind of made sense to go go into um, Succession because those, even these three shows that I just listed, it's, it's a long, it, they're all included in this long list of shows surrounding deplorables. Like I said, Sopranos with Tony Soprano being the, the main guy, you know, they're... Their main thing is Tony is actually like a terrible person, but you but the writing and things that happen in his life and and all the different feelings you feel towards him, you end up being on his side. Breaking Bad is very similar with Walter White's character. Um, you know, even like It's Always Sunny or Seinfeld even, right, where these characters aren't necessarily people that you'd want to encounter or them to actually be your friends because a lot of them are actually terrible people, but... You know, and it's always Sunny podcast. I talked about it the whole time. Basically, is that there's something potentially cathartic in actually seeing people do these dastardly, dastardly things that we would never think ourselves to do, right? So anyway, Succession is just in that long list of shows. Um, this so the series does center around the um, the Roy family. So this is what the whole show is all about. Um, like I mentioned, they're a dysfunctional. Uh, owners of Raystar or Royco, a global media and internet and entertainment conglomerate, um, and each member of the family is fighting for control amid an uncertainty about the health of the family's patriarch, Logan Roy, um, who's played by Brian Cox, his son Kendall Roy, who's played by Jeremy Strong, who does a tr tremendous job. I mean, Brian Cox is is a wonderful actor if you've never seen him he was in super troopers he's been he was in x-men um uh x-men 2 i believe anyway really good actor obviously the list goes on i don't want to go too deep into every actor's credit here jeremy strong plays kendall roy logan's son like i mentioned jeremy strong from the gentleman uh the big short uh roman roy who is uh um one of Logan's other sons is played by Kieran Culkin, obviously this the brother of Macaulay. Um, Siobhan Roy, everyone calls her Shiv, is played by Sarah Snook, who is a tremendous actress, beautiful, uh, talented, um, just, uh, I don't want to say, impo I'll say it, imposing, intimidating, beautiful, like wonderfully um, powerful actress, Sarah Snook. Um, uh, Tom uh, Shivroy's husband, Tom Wamskans, is played by Matthew McFadden, who is in Pride and Prejudice. Um, and Greg Hirsch, who's played by Nicholas Braun, who I haven't really seen before. Uh, but Greg Hirsch is uh, a cousin of the Roy family. Um, and then Connor Roy, who is actually one of um, Logan Roy's other kids, but he's not really part of the things. He's played by Alan Ruck from... Um, 
from uh, Ferris Bueller uh, fame. And he's just an absolute mort uh, in general. It's, it's, it's interesting, really interesting family dynamic. I'll kind of get into some parallels that I noticed, but really cool. Um, the show actually won a Golden Globe in 2021, I believe, or 2022. I can't remember. But anyway, the show has won the Golden Globe for Best TV Drama, amongst other uh, awards. Jeremy Strong won um, a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a TV Drama. And Sarah Snook took one home, took a Golden Globe home for Best Actress in a TV Drama. Um, Jeremy Strong, I mean part of his winning the Golden Globe and his, I mean, being acknowledged for his acting prowess is that he's really well known for being a method actor. I mean, I haven't really seen him in many movies. The two other movies I've seen him in were uh, The Gentleman and The Big Short. So it would have been interesting to see them, see how like method you could go because his, his characters were relatively real. Um, But again, you know, Anyone who doesn't know what method acting is, is essentially you're just going to be that character the whole time. So Daniel Day-Lewis is probably one of the best examples of, of an actor that is method. Jim Carrey went full method when he did um, when he did um, Man on the Moon, when he played Andy Kaufman. So essentially, you're just completely immersing yourself in the character, which is an interesting acting approach. Obviously, you're not shooting the movie for forever. So for a temporary period, you're completely becoming this person, this character. You're in their thoughts. And, you know, presumably that's going to create a better performance and a, a better portrayal of, of the of the character. Um, that's obviously the opposite of, let's say, an actress like Edie Falco, who kind of just come in she puts on her she puts on her actor hat for the day she does the lines she's a machine and she's kind of more of like a, a like a it's like her her day job not to denigrate it at all but she's able to turn that switch on more or less um maybe potentially e- uh, easier than some of these method actors because it, maybe it helps them just stay again just stay in character literally um so in this method type acting that Strong does, he he prepares intensely for his roles, of course. Um, he doesn't like to say it's method, of course. I mean, <clears throat> of course, someone who is a method actor would say it's not really method. So, But he calls it identity diffusion. Um, and he believes he has to essentially um, strip away all of all of the like his own personal characteristics and that's that's the biggest part of of his process is that he um um again just totally strips himself down to the core so that when he does approach a new character um it is completely a blank slate at least from his end um Strong, uh, Jeremy Strong also uh, seldom rehearses for scenes, which uh, much to the chagrin of his uh, co-stars, uh, he kind of just shows up for the scenes mostly. And I mean, <clears throat> if he's doing the lines correctly, it's not totally brutal um, for the other actors to kind of work around. But I can see other actors as seeing that as maybe difficult or kind of like selfish or whatever. But I mean, again, it is what it is. 
Um, you know, there's actors out there like Chris Farley who would rehearse one way and he'd do the scene a completely different way. So there's other, there's other ways actors can kind of mess around with that shit. So it's interesting. Um, but again, with with Strong becoming becoming the character of Kendall so so much, he's he's gone really far with scenes where there was a scene where he was supposed to um, have ran like kind of throughout through through New York City to get to um, the office and was like out of breath, and he actually ran like for a few minutes and ended up breaking his foot because he was just running in friggin' like Tom Ford like dress shoes. And then he actually he broke his leg in uh, in another scene, jumping off a stage, which they actually never even used the uh, they never even used the take that he broke his leg in. So brutal. But um, again, just he goes, you know, completely in into the characters, which is really interesting. Uh, the show's creator Jesse Armstrong. Uh, initially conceived the series actually as a feature film about the Murdoch family, the News Corp and and Fox um, owners, and they're obviously uber rich. They've sold sold them their company to uh, to Disney, and you know he's um, um, Rupert Mur- Rupert Murdoch, the the head of the the family, you know patriarchal kind of situation, very similar to the Roys. Um, so I guess they were kind of like going to base a film off this and, and kind of be a little bit more specific to what's happening. Who knows if they were going to use the same kind of personnel, but inevitably the idea became more, um, more usable as a series. I want to kind of go over the series kind of, you know, sorry, I want to go over the seasons that are out so far. Um, the, the three seasons, the fourth is coming soon, hopefully. So if you're listening to this and the fourth has come out. Right on, we're partying. Just a quick recap. I don't want to go too deep into it because I kind of want to get into uh, get get into that um, those parallels that I was mentioning before. So in season one, we're obviously introduced to the characters and the family. Uh, Logan Roy's health is in decline, so succession. They're trying to find someone to replace him and take over the company. Kendall, over the course of the season, stages two coups to try to take over the company in you know somewhat of a of a, a violent takeover fashion. Um, Tom, uh, who is uh, Shiv's husband, uh, brings Greg into the death pit, a.k.a. he Tom lets Greg know that there's some sassy business going on um, in the company. And um, <clears throat> Shiv works, ends up working with Logan's political nemesis, Um, And then Connor Roy announces he's going to run for president. And then at the end of the season, Kendall basically kills someone. There's a car accident. He's driving. The kid drowns. And then Logan steps in and kind of helps him mop it up. As you can see, I mean, I haven't really haven't really mentioned Roman yet. He's he's the other son as well, who, who is kind of a bit of a sexual deviant, so to speak. Basically, it's setting us up that. Logan Roy is in one of the hardest positions anyone can be. He wants to leave his company to his family and 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 his children, but all of them are kind of fucking him over in one way or the other. Whether it's just their own behavior or you know even Shiv working for his political nemesis and Kendall being in um in the in the murder or the death that Kendall was involved with. He was also high on drugs, so Kendall does have a drug issue. Um. 
And I mean, again, if you've watched the show this far, because I gave you the bloody fucking spoiler alert warning at the beginning, um, you've probably seen the show already. So again, I'm not going to go too much into it, but the nitty gritty of things, which kind of brings it to a head in, in season three are kind of getting sold where, you know, again, Kendall or sorry, Logan really does hold this whole death over, over Kendall's head, obviously. Uh, so like I said, Logan now has Kendall under his thumb in season two. Kendall is basically Logan's lapdog. Um, Waystar buys, tries to buy another company called PGM. Um, in some of the meetings, the, um, the, the CEO of PG or the owner of PGM was kind of wondering who's going to, who is going to be the successor of, uh, of Waystar Royco. And in a private conversation, Logan had spoke, had spoken to Shiv and promised her the, the, the position. But when Logan was asked, he didn't really talk, he didn't really pipe, he didn't really say. So Shiv pipes up and says it's, it's supposed to be her. And then um, Logan gets all pissed about that for, you know, whatever reasons. Again, it's always tough with these with these things. It's like kind of like lifestyles of the rich and famous. You never really know what's going on. I mean, these these people are just doing their thing. And it's like, um, I mean, any show is kind of cool like that, where where you're trying to figure out how how these characters are making these decisions. Anyway, um, the uh, the Roys are actually summoned to Washington for a congressional hearing on those papers that I was telling you about with with Greg and Tom. Tom gave these papers to Greg to to destroy, and all these papers essentially led Roy uh, uh, Royco back to these like cruise scandals. So they owned like some cruise lines, some cruise ships, and there was like sexual misconduct, and there was some deaths, and there was just all kinds of crazy shit. So. Greg actually didn't destroy all the papers, so there's still there's this evidence floating floating around. Um, Logan inevitably tells his family that someone has to go down for the scandal. Shiv essentially volunteers her husband Tom for this to be the scapegoat, which is obviously not the nicest thing that anyone can do to their spouse, but they have a very interesting relationship to say the least. Um, anyway, Kendall ends up being chosen as a scapegoat, but at the press conference that he's supposed to admit, admit all the blame, he kind of sees it as another opportunity to attempt a coup. And it's interesting at the end of that season, um, there's an interesting shot looking at, Ro- uh, at Logan after kind of his world has crumbled and he almost has this smile on his face. Like, like he's almost proud of his son for, for what he did anyway. Because maybe in some way he's making the decision for them. But knowing Logan and as the show goes on, he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Um, in The start of season three, obviously Tom is very preoccupied with going to jail. That's basically all he talks about. And that's all he can think about, obviously, as anyone kind of would. And Shiv doesn't really seem to care. I mean, for instance, Shiv on Tom and Siobhan's wedding night Shiv said that she wants to have an open relationship with with Tom. He had no idea. It's on his wedding night. It's kind of a, a bit of a um, ambush there. And then, yeah, there's just like some weird stuff with their with their relationship. So it was already kind of tenuous there. Um, Logan uh, tries to find safe harbor from prosecution. So he's kind of like traveling all over the world at the beginning of the season. 
Um, inevitably, Kendall and Logan have to meet um, to talk with a shareholder to try and show kind of a strong front because people are going to are starting to back out of the company because they can tell. Obviously, there's beef, there's dissension. Kendall saying one thing, all this craziness. Logan almost ends up dying at this meeting, and then um, Kendall tries to like still make the deal as his dad is like you know in a weak state and the, and the shareholder just who's played by Adrian Brody just thinks like, what are you talking about, bro? And ends up pulling out anyway. So again, it's like the show is really interesting and I'll get into it a little bit more. There's small mistakes here and there, just like life that, that have huge consequences that alter things, um, irrevocably. Um, Later at that shareholder meeting that they were supposed to meet with uh, Adrian Brody about, uh, Logan actually ends up having a urinary tract infection. And he ends up talking crazy shit. He's pissed mad, as as Siobhan says, which I think is hilarious. And um, they end up letting it go to a vote, and they're trying to sell it to... um, to Logan's rival and there's all kinds of there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on there and Log and and Kendall does with some weird shit at this at this press conference. Meanwhile, all this is going on, Greg, cousin Greg gets his inheritance given away to Greenpeace by his his grandfather, Ewan Roy, who is obviously um, Logan's brother, who uh, is played by the dude from Babe, and I think he was the warden in Oh my God, maybe the Green Mile. Can't remember. Anyway, he was a warden in a movie as well. It wasn't the Shawshank Redemption, that's for sure. But similar vibes. Oh, fucking Longest Yard. Duh. He was the, he was the warden in the Longest Yard. He, he was fucking great in that, actually, shit. Um, but anyway, uh, and he's just like kind of an interesting moral compass in the show. Because he's a uh, he's kind of in a position to to directly judge Logan for all of this stuff. Anyway, um, by the uh, uh, in the middle of the season, the Roys end up supporting a new fascist Republican candidate for president, which is weird. It's kind of like an interesting look into like how how presidential candidates are kind of chosen by like the elite people out there, people who run the news, because they're the people who are gonna fucking be able to tell it's all about the news, right? It's all about polls. It's all about campaigns and commercials and press conferences and debates. And this is all in the news. So they're basically running the show in, and it was interesting how the writers kind of like portray that, right? It's a little bit subtle, which I'll get to later. Um, Kendall, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, dealing with sobriety here and there not so much not at all and he has his 40th birthday party and there's a bunch of gaffes there and you know no one's really having fun it's really it's a really interesting episode where you know you you really see the the how i maybe it's an indication of how much the um the events of what's happened in the series so far have weighed on kendall or just his his you know kind of feelings of inadequacy and worthlessness like in that moment about you know his family and this and that and this so it's um, again really well written interesting family dynamics um, and 
while this is all happening, Waystar is trying to make a deal with Gojo, which is this crazy tech company run by this dude who's like a genius, but he kind of does crazy shit. And anyway, they end up trying to to overtake the company anyway. Um, so Kendall knows that this Gojo company is trying to just take over um, Roystar or Royco Waystar. And uh, he convinces Roman and Shiv to come with him, and it's all great. And they're a united front, and they they know that if they if they can catch their dad off guard, they can they can kind of take over and they can run things. And because they know if if he sells it to this Gojo, that they're not gonna they're not gonna have shit. And again, if you come this far and you haven't watched the show, shame on you. But another major spoiler alert. Tom actually tells Logan that um, that Shiv, Kendall, and Roman are going to come and try and take things over. So he outmaneuvers them. He wins. He does all this shit. He says all this crazy shit. And Tom fucking betrays Shiv hard. And I guess, can you look at it and can you go, can you blame the guy? You know, she kind of, you know, offered him up for the kill. And then at, at one point, she's just all pissy about um, about not not being included in certain decisions. Ah, anyway, it's really tough. I'm really interested to see what they do in the fourth season, how they how they kind of resolve that, how they kind of bring it. Shiv kind of clearly has figured that out, but she hasn't said anything yet, like in the few last minutes of the show they just kind of like showed that she kind of figured it out and again you know I think the show is really interesting in that in that sense where the writing um is is really well done the dialogue is fantastic and you know you're not really not everything is like super just fucking told out like portrayed to you which is funny um, you know, some people don't really like those shows where you kind of have to like dig a little bit deeper for meaning. Nothing's really like, not every, you know, idea is just laid out on a silver platter. You kind of have to think about it and put yourself in their shoes. And I think that's really cool. And I think shows like that work in today's day and age and, and with certain audiences have, have different, um, different accessibilities with streaming services and everything. But I think, you know, today's t- television audience is maybe more sophisticated. And it's funny because that brings me to that parallel is mentioning and th- that parallel being, I believe it, you know, it's just something that I've noticed is that um, the way succession is laid out, the way it's written, the way the story is told, the way the family is, it's very similar to Arrested Development. So if you've never seen Arrested Development, tremendous show. It was actually on Fox too, which is ironic because this show is basically a commentary on the Murdoch family. And who knows, maybe fucking Arrested Development was too and I just never really saw it. But um, I, the way I look at, at succession, it's basically if Ayn Rand wrote Arrested Development for HBO. Um, it's just like, again, it's the serious version of rest development. It's on HBO. So they get to say and do whatever they want. It's more serious. Don't get me wrong. Rest development was, was pure comedy, but 
let me just point out a few of the the character similarities at least. Um, obviously, another thing too that's also similar um, is Bluth Industries and Waystar Royco, two huge giant conglomerates, just like um, in both shows. But again, the character similarities between Arrested Development and Succession. Obviously, you look at the patriarch of the family from Arrested Development. You have George Sr., George Bluth Sr., and then obviously you have Logan Roy. Both, you know, patriarchal, tyrants. I mean, George Sr. is in prison, which is a different vibration, but Logan's dealing with health, which is its own type of prison. Um, You have Michael Bluth, and then you have Kendall Roy. Kendall's essentially more of like the anti-Michael, because Michael kind of cared about his kid, and Kendall kind of doesn't. Michael was was actually the most intelligent person in the family, and he was kind of the 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 voice of reason. Where Kendall is isn't necessarily. Uh, obviously, you have Michael's in, in Arrested Development. You have Michael's sister Lindsay, and then you have Shiv Roy. Um, you have um, Lindsay's husband Tobias, and then you have Shiz, Shiv's husband Tom. Actually, both start with T O, which I thought was interesting as well. But you kind of both look at those guys. They're kind of pathetic dudes. They're doing weird shit. They're with women way out of their league. Um, and it's interesting. You know, it's kind of like what we do for love. And I think Tom kind of went through a lot of shit. And he never really got any of that, any of that acknowledgement for, for a lot of the stuff that he did. And I think that inevitably pushed him to to betraying, betraying Shiv in that way. Uh, you have Joe Bluth, George Oscar Bluth. And Connor, I think, is a great uh, a great comparison. I mean, George George Oscar or Job, being the uh, being the oldest brother, and Connor being the oldest brother, and they're both kind of idiots, just daydream morons. Now, that brings us to Buster. Now, Buster from Arrested, he's fucking goon, hundred percent wild, like just who gives a shit. He's not the perfect comparison to Roman. I mean, I guess if you combine Job and Buster and you combined uh, Connor and Roman, then that would make a little bit of sense. But that's that makes the most sense. Roman's the youngest child. Buster's the youngest kid. They both have weird hangups. They both get with an older woman. Uh, um, Buster gets gets uh, involved with Lucille too, and Roman with Jerry. Interesting comparison there. Um, I com- I did combine. Maybe and George Michael from Arrested because the the character Greg from Succession is a cousin, but he also really has those George Michael vibes of just being like a super passive kind of like beta beta male. And then Lucille was by far as as we go through these this list here, Lucille was by far the toughest one to compare because Marsha didn't have quite the role Logan's wife. But Logan's ex-wife, the mother of um, Kendall, Shiv, and Tom, or sorry, Kendall, Shiv, and um, Roman, her name's Caroline, she is pretty similar to Lucille, you know, sharp tongue, sharp witted, you know, that, that whole thing, she got remarried, you know, all this, all this stuff, has it out for the father, blah, blah, blah. Again, I think to really come, just... To really understand the show, you got to watch it, and I'm sure you've watched it. If you're if you're listening to this right now, you know it's funny. It's one of those shows that it's not blatant, stupid jokes. I mean, there's a lot of dick jokes and there's a lot of that, 
But some of the stuff that happens is so funny, but some of the stuff is so cringe too, where it's so awkward. And honestly, I've never felt more cringe from a show. It's like, it's like more cringy than like the early office episodes, which says a lot. So I think that whole writing of being funny, but being cringy, being sad, but being intense, but being extremely intelligent and clever and all these different diabolical things that are happening is all due to the writing and it's all due to the subtlety of the writing. I mentioned it earlier, but the subtlety of the writing is so important and the subtlety of the entire show. Um, you know, the, from set design to how people dress to how people do this, nothing is blatant, but you can tell everything's been just, it's HBO too. So don't get me wrong. They got a good budget, but everything's just been meticulously put together and that subtlety just, you know, just kind of slowly comes through through all that you know and, and you see and when you first kind of start watching the show you, you kind of go okay yeah this is family and they're they're all kind of at each other's throats blah 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 but again the humor and the way and and jeremy strong's performance too you know he is he's full fully into this character and you know he doesn't really the way he's funny is a really interesting way of being funny and I think, again, you know, a lot of shows tend to try and just put stuff in your face and be explicit and explain things away and explain all the magic out of it and just, you know, there's things that are out there that are mundane and all this stuff and I think the great, you know, great things, um, whether it be works of art or other things, you know, it's, it's, it's about that subtlety. It's about, you know, not beating people over the head with things, right? And I found this cool quote. Subtlety is one of the traits of sophisticated design, and I think that's a perfect summation of what Succession is all about. Well-designed show, well thought out, again, really interesting to see what they do in season four, and again, subtlety, really interesting. Look for that subtlety in life, too, and don't think that if you're in, in any in, in endeavor in life that you have to just beat people over the head with what you want to do, you know? People understand so much more than you think. And again, whether it's in art or whether it's whatever you're doing, don't be afraid to bring that subtlety into it and, you know, find a way to just kind of like acknowledge something. But again, in that in that way, that's that's not so blatant, you know, in that nice, subtle way. And that's what makes that's what makes this show special. And we'll see. We'll see what they do, you know. Who knows? Who knows with shows, right? You never you, going into season four, like I mentioned before, season the fourth season of any show, I think tends to be the best. So maybe they got a couple more seasons in them. Who knows, right? But go check it out. Go watch it again. Um, like I said, if you've come this far and haven't watched the show, uh, go go listen and and or sorry, go watch and and uh, see all the shit that I just told you about. Um, and um, yeah, like. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about the show. If your friends have watched Succession, tell them to check out this podcast. And, uh, and and again, you know, tell a friend. We'll double the podcast overnight. So rate the show. You can DM us. You can check us out on our Instagram um, at the Big Mark Podcast, at the Big Mark Pod. Uh, hit us up on our Patreon. You can support the podcast, uh, patreon.com slash the Big Mark Podcast. Um, and yeah, like I said, um, you know, rate the podcast, hit that notification bell. And uh, make sure you get all the notifications, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and do all that fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. 
go have fun. Don't fight your family. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>